You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about tears for fears songs from the big chair in the room i have rob hey and jeremy hello and on the line i have ben yeah tears for fears songs from the big chair is the second studio album by the english pop rock band tears for fears released on the 25th of february 1985 by phonogram records the producer was chris hughes and the genre is new wave and progressive pop i'm going to read from the book john doran again he was on our last uh, My God. I know. He's got two in a row here in the book. For a brief time, Tears for Fears became the biggest band on the face of the planet on the strength of this album, a release that ranks alongside Dare by the Human League, Non-Stop Erotic Cabaret by Soft Cell, and The Lexicon of Love by ABC as one of the best pop records of the decade. The group, who had already become regular chart fixtures in their native England, burst upon the world scene by adding a healthy dollop of glistening pop nouns and organic instrumentation to their cerebral and sensitive electronic music. Most groups would not have the nerve to open an album on such a bombastic, epic, and awesome track as Shout, with its chiming guitar solos and immense drumming production, but their arrogance was justified given that they had penned such an unbeatable clutch of songs. Everybody Wants to Rule the World had a lyrical ambition matched by chart success, scoring them number one hit on both sides of the Atlantic. Album tracks include the propulsive bass-driven groove of Mother's Talk and the neon-drenched uh, sophomoric nighttime cab ride of The Working Hour. But it is the redemptive warmth of Head Over Heels that really stands out here, a song that, aided by their mainstream critical Reevaluation effort turned up on the soundtrack of the cult movie Donnie Darko. All right, what do we think of Tears for Fears? Songs from the Big Chair. Ooh, that's a it's a, a record. It's oh a classic. This yeah. is a really good record. Stone Cold Man. I unfuck with a production. Yeah. It, it, oh, I mean, yeah. Every this so right when I first moved here, I did a deep dive back into Tears for Fears because I needed comfort music, um, and I was like, I love this for my whole life. Let's do this and it was just being an older more sophisticated person or whatever hearing the production meets the structure meets it's ridiculous the fact that these guys had number one hits with six and a half minute long songs is insane i mean if you think about now it's like three minutes whatever but even the album after this how sewing sees of love is like eight minutes long and it's like four songs in one their their structure is inventive the vocals are just they're, they're great. Yeah. And Shout, I love Shout, starts out with what sounds like it's going to turn into a Run DMC song. That 
it's just like, and then boom, one of the biggest songs. I mean, that song was everywhere. You couldn't avoid it. Like, yeah. It was everywhere when it came out. And like I said, my dad liked this group and he didn't like, he didn't like that, that fey English stuff by any means. Right. And Shout was like a jam. It has a harder edge. Well, right. He, I mean, I remember watching the video in, in my living room with my parents there and I was like, we're not supposed to be watching stuff like this. And, and they're like, it's good. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. But, I mean, not, uh, not only was Shout everywhere and huge, but like the arrangement of that song, it could just fill the space of an arena. You know, it's just it, it, it it's just free to to ring and boom. I, I can only imagine like hearing that song at a big Live? show in the eighties. You know, that, yeah. Oh my god. That that song was written for the arena. They came up with the chorus first and then <laughs> built everything around that, it. There's a reason it's a how first you track do it. Too. Yeah. yeah. They knew what they had. And that's the thing I like about Roland's work is he knows what he's got. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they stopped being like scared of awesome guitar work. Yeah, I mean, it's all the, like the the solo stuff on this stuff is like the guitar solos are really good, and mm -hmm. the uh, like the the stuff that they do on Broken, my God, like that sounds like like some King Crimson crazy breakdown stuff. It's yeah. great. Like, oh yeah, Broken. My note is guitar is sick for the wind, Philip Glass. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so is it Roland is guitar and more, and Kurt is bass and more? Is that kind of how it breaks down? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, so yes, like the the guitar work on this album that Roland does is incredible. But have you guys ever really paid attention to the the bass lines and and head over heels? Oh God, uh, yeah. yeah. I, that, that, I think that's what that makes that song. Like that that's the melody. I watched a tutorial of a dude playing it because I was trying to figure it out, and like, damn, that that that, that sh it's like all the way over. Uh, it's all around the neck, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, I feel like they're the opposite of that Sophistapop thing because they're doing all this incredibly complicated stuff and it sounds easy, or you don't even notice it. You don't notice yeah. how ridiculous the bass is unless you're sitting listening to the bass. Mm -hmm. It's there, and then you hear it, you're like, what? But it works. You can just put it on, too, and hear it, and it's fine. There's a lot of stuff going on so much. constantly, but it doesn't sound like there. everything has its own like little like pocket. Yeah, yeah, it's not forced to be like, hey, this is happening that I'm good at. Yeah. yeah. It took me a long while to come around on something like Everybody Wants the Rule of the World. I mean, that shuffle. Just... It's a shuffle! Yeah. Why been... is there a shuffle on the Tears for Fears record? It has record? a really bad and taste. why does it kind of work? <laughs> well, um, you know, they, they, cut, they cut so many of those phrases off at the six. Yeah. Um, it's It's like... I never thought about that till I started making weirder music in my life, and then I literally put this on. I'm like, wait, it's just cut in the middle of the phrase, like dun 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 dun. dun you know, yeah. it cuts in. And you're like, whoa! Oh yeah, surprise yeah. chorus. It does yeah, it a bunch of times right. in the song. Like, yeah. cut on the, like it's that, all that, that eight, 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 and then six, in. boom, boom. The next part, and it's just like, ah, oh. yeah, it, it's. It's almost needlessly complicated, though, for this shuffle. Sure. And the in the sort of like uh, the the guitar work on that is, it's good, but it it just evokes a different emotion from me than the rest of this album, right? It almost just sit. It's like a sort not a sort of thumb. It's just. <laughs> I like I like the song, so I can't. It's a yeah, pinky I, ring I, I, or something. I love it. I love it all the way, man. 
Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. They had a pretty significant chunk of change given to them by... What label is this on? <clears throat> really? Phonogram Mercury. So okay. I, I would imagine Phonogram in UK, Mercury this side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they, 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 got, uh, they got dollar bills for days. Um, and with that do- dollar bill for days, they helped build out the uh, little studio in the uh, rolling spot. Nice. And uh, things that they bought, a Yamaha DX7, a Prophet 5, a Fairlight CMI, a Jupiter 8, a PPG Wave, and then a Lindrum LM-2. Are you telling me that Roland did not play a Roland? Uh, no. Uh, Oh, no, Jupiter 8's a Roland. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) Like, dude, like, it's already got your name on it. You don't even need to, like customize it like an old honky-tonk guitar do you ever uh watch any of the sparks documentary ben i'm glad you brought that up yeah yes uh, yes yeah <laughs> i love R- it ronald changes it, roland to ronald on, on it, the keyboard. It, it, it doesn't look like a hack job either it 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 looks like it came from the factory saying ronald instead of roland <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> i hope they made him a one-off i hope so <laughs> Uh, until this week, I had no idea they were inspired by primal scream therapy. <laughs> really? No idea. What? I mean, I'd never done research on them. Wait, Dude, wait. Why I, would I go back somehow and... I, somehow I missed that. I, I, really? I knew that yeah. from, like, the early 2000s. So that's... I know nothing about this band except their music. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and the Roland produced one of my favorite pop albums later. So their name like, came from uh, Tears for Fears, meaning, like... You get your emotion out for all your primal oh, fears makes, yeah, all the from being born. It's the it's the same thing that um, you know, became popular after John Lennon and Yoko Ono went to primal screen therapy mm-hmm. and did yeah. classic uh, Ono band. Mm-hmm. So they and that's what shouts about. I mean, that's what a lot of, of these course. songs oh my God. are about. Yeah, oh, I know. Dude, yeah, it blew my mind because I was Just like, once you shout, shout, get it all out. These are the yeah. things, These are things that I can do out. Yeah. That is just an advertisement for Primal Street. <laughs> like, that should have been it, a commercial. They were actually... It, it really should have been. I bet... <laughs> it seems like it really should have been. They were... That's, like, they met the dude who wrote the Primal Scream... Uh, whatever the book is. Like, whatever that doctor's name is. I uh, pris- Prisoners of Pain, 1980 book by uh, Janos. Yeah. Uh, they met him. And he was like, you guys should write a musical about primal scream therapy. And they were like, no, thank you, sir. <laughs> and then, like, years later, there is absolutely a musical about primal scream therapy that someone else did for him. It was offered to wow. first. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Wait, so the book came out in 1980? Yeah, Prisoners Plast- of Pain. Plastic Ono Band was, like, 70, though, right? Uh, well, this is where their name came from. Sorry. The Tears oh. as Replacement for Fears is where their name came from. From their okay. from the nineteen eighty, but the, the but the the practice of primal scream therapy dates back Earth. further. Yeah, correct. Okay. Oh yeah, it's primal. Yeah, yeah. it's primal. <laughs> <laughs> People have been screaming since day one. <laughs> First sound you make. Yeah, life is pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Life. Anyone sure is different. But after I you know realized that, As I started a new going father through can confirm. all the all the different songs, and I was like, wait, how does this relate? How does this relate? Because they explored it on their previous album. Oh yeah, listen to the hurting. Yeah, <laughs> the uh... hurting. So. Yeah. Yeah, they were really sad. They were really they, 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 they were one of the deepest pop groups to exist. Because, I mean, what do they have? Three three albums? I think they got four or five by now. They, there was, they broke up there for was a at least one in the bit. early 90s because the there were some hits but... when. 
Yeah. Well, because Seeds there's of Love is Mark the last one I remember, and that's just brilliant. Yeah, there's... Yeah, Seeds of Love, 89, okay. and then they didn't do anything until, was it Elemental? Oh, which I is in about that one. 93, and then they had one in 95, 96. So they, they kind of picked back up. Spacing on what it was right now, but there was a big rate. They had a big radio hit in the early '90s that Elementary School Me loved. Did anyone help me out? Was it like, "Sowing the Seeds of Love"? Because that was a yes, jam. Yes, that's like yes, the best. Yeah. Dude, that song is incredible. It's got it's seven or eight awesome. parts. It's half an hour and, long. And, and and like I said, I loved it in elementary school. El, el, in elementary school, I didn't know it was Tears and Fears. So like, <laughs> and or I, and or fears. I, I had no idea. It was them because I didn't think about that song after it was a hit. By the time I was listening music that I chose to listen to, I wasn't really listening to synth pop, you know. But uh, a, a few years ago, I was working for for a theater here in Louisville, and, and Tears and Fears came through, <laughs> and the show was so awesome. Oh, you Tears got to see them? Fears was great. Yeah, yeah, Son I got to see them like, from from side stage. Oh. Uh, and and they and they played uh, so in the seeds of love and I ha- I had like an in real time watching them do it like epiphany moment of like this was a song I loved as like an eight year old and I never knew it was these dudes. <sighs> That's so great. So can we mother stock Willis for a second? Heck yeah, man! This song that rips. That dope ass intro that sounds like it's some '60s soundtrack from French thing kind of, and then it goes into this dance jam. Oh. Depeche Mode type. Yeah, that's like the heaviest oh. like synth baseline we've heard thus far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. math doesn't work. I wasn't eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you were seven and eight. Are you sure? Because it was wait, 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 Was sowing the seeds of love eighty nine? Yes. Yeah. Then I it was eight. I can't yeah, believe it was that early. Okay. Sorry, sorry, yeah. It feels like much later because it's such a bigger It does. Song. I, I thought I thought it was like a mid nineties yeah, jam. It seems like a mid nineties. Yeah. So there's a line in this song that kills me because it's kind of from the perspective of parents. It sounds like what song? Uh, the, uh, sorry, mother suck. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's not always <laughs> playing in the background, but related to what I said, it's not that you're not good enough. It's just that we can make you better. Ooh, Ugh. that's yeah. that's like that's every authority figure. In that's history. primal scream, man. Oh, dude, hear me. So in the seas of love is a wonderful song. I wasn't thinking of that one. I was thinking of Break It Down Again. <laughs> it's also good. We went Sorry. through all that just so you could... <laughs> Wait, and it wasn't Tears and Fears. It was actually Sig Sputnik. Six no, it was Sputnik. Tears and Fears. Yeah, okay. It was Tears and Fears. And they did play So in the Seats of Love. And I also didn't know that that was them when I saw them. When I saw them, all I knew was songs from the big chair. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I did not know their later hits. I didn't know that Sowing Seeds of Love was them, even though I knew the song. And I didn't know that Break It Down Again was them, even though I loved that song. Right. Sorry. And end and, and of anecdote. Huh? You're good. Uh, this one had six singles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off of nine tracks? Uh, three of them. Well, actually, actually one, was a, high, right? one was a remix, though. So Mother's Talk was actually the first single. What? Shout is the second single. For real? Really? Yeah. Was Shout a number one? Because I feel like it's a number one. Uh, and then Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Head Over Heels, and I Believe. Those three, though, were number ones, right? Shout, Head Over Heels, and Everybody Wants... Yes. Because I yeah. They definitely charted. Um, I don't know if they were all number one. I want them probably to all be... top top tens. Yeah, I I would imagine so. I had the breakdown of all of those songs. Uh, Shout you know, was a top five UK hit. Um, and then in the uh, the album entered the UK album charts. Number two remained the upper reaches of the chart for the next 12 months. Mm. That's big time. Mm-hmm. One year. So although it does feature a saxophone, the song I Believe is not the song from Lost Boys. No, it is not. Nor the R.E.M. song, also called I Believe. Which my favorite line is, I believe in coyotes. From that, that <laughs> separate discussion. <laughs> okay. It, it, uh, here in, in Midwestern United States radio, of the time was head over heels a a, a big single like shout and everybody wants to know the world me. was when it, it, in west by god virginia i heard it all the time really the da, 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 and it was on the videos all day like and that Ooh. was a boring video if i remember right it's just them doing like this weird 80s dance and yeah like their hair flinging around but head over heels was huge i only got uh, shout and yeah. everybody wants to rule the world mm-hmm. growing okay. up in warsaw indiana my introduction to that song was Donnie Darko, and really? I, and it, and it's like my favorite song on the album, and I had no idea why the other two very much hits and should have been hits. I, I knew, but I, I didn't know why Head Over Heels wasn't as ubiquitous on the radio as those other two I, songs were. I have a, and it could be a false memory because that happens, but I have a memory of in the same year or two hearing Head Over Heels all the time. And I know they did a live performance on some TV show because I remember it because when they, he does that part where it's like time for eyes and it's all just like weird and like processed that happened on the live show. And I was like, how'd they do that? Cause I didn't know what music production was or that you could, you know, do it from the mixing board. Were they lip syncing? It was maybe, it's, it's but it was only like solid gold or some shit. It was on one of those dumb shows my dad watched. You're a little bit older than me and I didn't yeah, have cable. I didn't have that. cable growing up. So... <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have cable, so I, it was just whatever was on Top 40 radio, and I didn't hear Head Over Heels on Top 40 radio. It probably wasn't Top 40. I probably saw it on some late-night show that I was allowed to stay up for once, but I do distinctly remember being like, when we got to the end, being like, how do you do that? Um, this might answer the question. Along with the clip, uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World and Shout videos had a big hand in establishing Tears for Fears in America due to its heavy airplay on MTV. So those videos got played a lot more. So I think that's maybe the reason, Ben, is that, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a big rotation for Head Over Heels. Uh, I will mention something about the uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World video. Did anybody uh, read about the 
production of that video? No, no. I did not. Because it was called Disastrous. Oh. Oh. Uh, said that Dick was in tears on the second night of shooting. Smith also mentioned that there was an accident while filming the dirt bikes and four-wheeler off-road vehicle scene. What? Uh, with one child flying out of the vehicle and smashing his head, leaving him unconscious. Oh. My God. oh. What? So who was directing this? Friedkin? <laughs> I believe Kurt Smith. I don't know, but yeah. that sounds like a, like a fake name for. Or Friedkin. sorry, uh, yeah, Kurt Smith uh, uh, re recanted the tale. Is this I believe? On this that? is I believe. Okay, because I wrote eh, and I really like this, so I was wrong that night. I was just feeling salty. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a tight. pretty little jazz number. Yeah. How do you feel about this being the first song on the second side? <laughs> it could go could have gone after Broken, which has got that real. Yeah, but Broken sick comes into Broken goes head into Head Over Heels. Yeah. Oh so shit, that's right because that. it's, um, it's the introduction. Well, then maybe put I Believe what last. If, what if uh, mm. What if I Believe closed out side one and Mother's Talk opened up side two? Oh, there you go. Oh man, hell's so, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. That would make it from a five-star album to also still a five-star. Yeah, album. swap those because everybody wants to rule the world comes down a little bit. After the yeah. working hour, and, yeah. and yeah. then, yeah, you'd bring it right back up for Mother's Talk into Broken, we into Ed Oof. Oof. and yeah. then pound it out the end with yep. Listen. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Oh, that's man, Listen is so nice and dreamy. I like Listen. Yeah, dude, I know it's 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 that weird thing that when you've heard too much music and you hear something that you haven't heard in a while, when the vocals first come in on Listen, I was like, is this Gastrodel Soul? Do you know like? David Grubbs just suddenly went back in time to the 80s and sang for a second. And then it <laughs> turns into, you know, awesome rest of it. Yeah. Like this just got us like so moody and jazzy right now. Yeah. yeah. So soft. <laughs> so soft. I'm, yeah, I think what shocked me too, besides, you know, forgetting about how powerful Shout is, which really harkened back to um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Relax. I mean that. Dude, those two songs are yeah. like pulsing. Oh. You cannot get away from how intense those songs are in being played in a club. I'm sure that was oh, he heavy, heavy. I'm rotation. sure there was like at least a remix or two of Shout that gave a harder, oh, like, almost garage beat that was just like. And yeah. both of them are just like commands. Absolutely. <laughs> you know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they're marches. They're. A yeah. club of arms. Man, I never made that connection before, but f from now on, those songs are always going to be kind of like holding hands in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Um, I I'm not gonna look it up, but I I feel like there has to be some sort of stoner doom band that has covered Shout unironically, and it's dope. That's fuck. Like Jeremy, so if there dope. hasn't been, what are you doing next weekend? <laughs> uh, let me relearn how to play the guitar I have. Once I restring it. I don't know if you could do You're cool it, with though. playing in drop C sharp. Because, I mean, the, the reason is... Uh, I, I, I was reading about the, the drums and how they got the sound in their square formations. Like, they're square drums. So okay. that it has Wait, this, they're, like, attack. They're, the drums square are square? They're very square. Square waves? Square waves. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because they're not I'm real. Okay, I, um, I honestly didn't know what you were talking about. They're not real. <laughs> As a drummer, you blew my fucking mind. <laughs> no, I just think yeah. if you kind of slow down luck and tuning sludge that. it up, it would be but you Oh, to. by the way, that part right there in the, what the fuck song? This is Broken? Broken. Yeah. 
broken. Dude, we're at, we're at quotes. Uh, yeah, quotes we know. Head over heels. It's gonna go in head over heels. Yeah, I, I I forgot about that though the other night. I was like, oh my god, it's open. Then I looked at the list and was like, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Dumbass. It's literally <laughs> part like, of the title of the song, the head over heels intro. Like cool. yeah, for way to way to foreshadow. <laughs> Uh, but I don't. I don't think you can get those. Those. Uh, how those sound. No, you don't got to do that though. Just like make, I think the song stands alone on its own. That if okay. you had like Red Fang cover it, it would be sick. Okay. Yeah, dude. With that, like halftime. I like, like, like Yeah, yeah. Nice halftime breakdown. Really good to be with you guys. Like very sincerely, it's great to be with you guys. <laughs> and now we're in the head over heels. Uh-huh. I love it. Now we're exiting Dude. the bus from uh, Donnie Darko. We're gonna introduce oh, what all do the you characters. guys think? What do you guys think of Broken? Is it just like a preamble to Head Over Heels, or I, do you think it's strong enough on its own? I really like it. Yeah. yeah, I love the guitar. I like the. I wrote FTW Philip Glass because I feel like there's some overlapping like weird melodies that kind of I didn't of feel like that. I just felt like it was a really good idea to, to have this experimental transition. Like well, I think when a band does this, actually. yeah, when bands do that really well, then they, you know, it works. Yeah. It really works and it really amplifies the next song. It's, it's when bands try to hamstring it in and try to mm. make those lead-ins. It's got to be organic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because they were probably just dicking around, and they were like, some groove happened, and they were like, oh, no, they, make this into a They thing. were 100% dicking around with the Fairlight. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Because you can't fake that. When head over, in Head Over Heels, when it goes from the the intro, like the dun 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 into the first note of the verse. Yeah. Whatever interval that is, it's unexpected and awesome. It's perfect. It drops like it drops like two stories instead of a few feet. I don't I I wish I knew musically what they were doing there. But also this song is ridiculous for key changes. Like it shouldn't work at all to me. Like they go from and then coming here, like the, right into the chorus, and it's like it's just all these different key changes. They have a, they're a very dynamic band. Yeah, they have a lot of interesting changes that when you first hear, it, it feels like they should not make any sense. They and should, it totally should does. Not it's jarring. And working, but we it does. we mentioned it at the top of the hour, but that counter melody on the bass going against the vocal melody. Once you notice it, is it's so tasty, and it it. It yeah. just, it's, there's so many, so many, this song's got layers, y'all. So many. 
Yeah. This is this song is like if if Mastodon was a synth pop song. Like fucking I don't know, it's like it changes these wild shifts. Yeah, like, it's progressive. Yeah. It's got progressive edge for sure. But like not annoyingly so. I well, like a lot of progressive music, so no, I mean, I'm I gonna have a hard time. I don't, I don't mean, <laughs> I I don't, your pardon, sir. I don't mean progressive by itself. Is I mean, there's like ways that it, it can be super annoying when it's just forced. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. it's a, they. Here's the thing: Tears for Fears is always the changes sound, yeah, weird sometimes and jarring, but they're natural somehow at the same time, and that's. Yeah. What, I do not understand how you can do that. They're incredibly smart, like songwriters. Yeah, like, yeah, they're very good. Very, very good at what they do. And coming off of, like, the success they had with, uh, like, the hurting, yeah. they get this giant chunk of change. They're feeling better about life. Go figure. They're, They're like, like, hey, they, we're going to Radiohead before Radiohead. get a giant uh, payday. Um, and then, they, yeah, they just, like, this is a sophomore album. Yeah. Yeah. This is fucking no, insane. Oh, it's a second. you're right. No, no slump, slump here. baby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> my first, second, third, fourth, fifth records. I hate my, <laughs> I hate myself. Well, I mean, can't do much about. Uh, everybody wants to rule the world. It's obviously a meditation on power. You could project virtually every major issue of the '80s onto the lyrics. The environment. Mm-hmm. Turn your back on Mother Nature. The fleeting nature of financial success. Help me make the most of freedom and of pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever. Authoritarian rule. Even while we sleep, we will find you in the Cold War. Holding hands while the walls come tumbling down. Mm. Pretty amazing. They were yeah, smart. Yeah. And Nas sampled that. Prescient, because that wall didn't come tumbling down <laughs> for a few more years. Yeah. They could see. They could see. But we're going to have to credit the Scorpions on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Is that on the list, by the way? I don't think so. Dude, it has to be. It, how is it not? Can we at least do like the a side episode where we talk international about that international impact Park song? of that record? Well, I mean, if you guys want to, if uh, the listeners would like to subscribe yeah. to our Patreon, we, uh, we may have a, a deeper dive into uh, the Scorpions lore and uh, the toppling of the Berlin Wall. Are we just going to play that other podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll record it through my radio. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else? A plus positive. Yeah. Yeah. I love this record. Yeah. It's I'm beautiful. Great. Oh, there's one last thing I, I want to mention, and I promise it's quick. We've, we've been talking about the production of this album in this hour, and, we, and we've been talking about like, like the drums specifically on like Shout and how much it fills an arena. Chris Hughes, we've covered Chris Hughes before. He produced Adam and the Ants, which also have huge drums. And that was all I wanted to say. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> well, it's a factoid, you know? It is. So I think the, the, the big drums we're hearing is the same guy that made big drums on a different album we've heard. Were those nice. acoustic or electronic drums on the Adam the record? I think, I, dude, I don't know, but I would imagine maybe both. I think that they were just on a, gathering everything, everything oh. that, that makes a drum sound they could find. and Adam and the Ants? <laughs> yeah. def- those were definitely acoustic. Yeah, they they got some big drums. He must have been a drummer. All right, let's relax and <laughs> l- listen to uh, listen. Yeah, All right, next time we'll be talking about Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. All right, thanks, y'all. <laughs>